You are listening to Devotion, a podcast where I, Cora Blair, gets to share with you classic films that I love and why I love them. And today's episode is an interview with my brother Trey. And Trey is pretty cool. He's actually very gifted, very talented, and he is into so many things. Um, We talk about music and film. Uh, We talk about actors that we love. We talk about um, why we love film in general. And this conversation has been heavily edited, but it is very true to form about how we... um, and how we have discussions often about things that we are into. And um, towards the end, we I ask him about his music. And so if you're interested in learning about um, a young musician, he's only 22, you guys. And he's he does the outro music to my podcast, if you haven't heard episode one yet. So if you're interested in hearing about my very interesting brother, Trey, then stay tuned. So, <laughs> all right. The first question I have for you is, what is your definition of a good movie? Something that keeps me engaged all the way to the end. It doesn't necessarily have to be a mystery, so to speak. But just something where the events keep me intrigued and not necessarily anything. Like, I start watching, then I lose interest. And it's mm. kind of this off and going thing. Like, I'm not really sure if I like it. it a good movie would usually let me know if I'm going to like it or not off the bat. So, so straight from the beginning, you have to be, like, totally down in right. for it. It gives you something to invest in. Mm-hmm. And doesn't leave you wanting. Because mm-hmm. there are some movies where you're like, I think it's going to be cool. Then it actually starts. There's some cool parts and it's like, nah. <laughs> there was just a few scenes that were yeah. really interesting and that was like... It's hey. just the ones that, that I saw from the trailer and that's it. Yeah, yeah. That's dumb. Right. So, what is, since this is a podcast about classic movies, what is your favorite classic movie to date? <clears throat> It's kind of hard to pinpoint, but one that comes to mind is White Heat, James Cagney, Yeah, which is one of your favorites, I know. <laughs> but just because James Cagney as an actor is just amazing, that goes without saying, but uh, mm-hmm. just throughout the whole movie, I, I'd have to watch it again too, but just throughout the whole thing, there's just a sense of tension with mm-hmm. this whole character just because of how combative he is. Mm-hmm. You're never really sure what he's going to do, and at the end, and kind of just... Apex is not to give away the ending, but <laughs> oof, that movie keeps you intrigued for sure. Yeah. Um, What's your favorite scene in that movie? Again, I... Other than I, the ending. Yeah, I was going to say the ending is probably too easy. Like, like I said, I probably have to watch it again, but I know every time I watch it, I'm just like, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> but you're like, oh. But... I'll, I'll name a couple because it's hard for me to pinpoint a favorite old movie. Yeah. Arsenic and Old Lace. Mm-hmm. That's definitely a favorite. It's and that the, time of year. Yeah. It is that time of year, actually. Yeah. But <laughs> the scene where uh, the antagonist, I'm going to try to avoid giving any spoilers to any of the movies, but there there's a scene where kind of the antagonist of the movie, he's looking for the main character or 
Well, he's not looking for the main character. I forget what he's looking for. But he's talking about the professor, and he's like, he's somewhat of a genius. <laughs> and he's looking for the spot where it should be, and he's, like, confused. A body. And, yeah, yeah, he's looking for a body. He was like, somewhat of a magician. <laughs> he's just, like, dumbfounded that he can't find this body that he, that just, he, hid. he just hid. And he's just like, oh, no. <laughs> that is a great scene. That's a great scene. And uh, also, when he was going up, uh, not James Cagney. What's his name? Cary Grant. Grant. Yeah. Cary Grant's going up the, up and down the stairs like uh, the older gentleman in the movie, like Theodore Roosevelt, mm-hmm. saying, Charge! <laughs> and it's just at the most abrupt of times, and you're just like, what's what's happening? Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> that is a good scene. Yeah. But uh, for right now, that's those are some of my favorites that I would say are the most memorable. Okay. All right. So, what is your favorite film genre? I would, I would have to say mystery off the bat because I like something that I have to figure out. Um. So, but, like a murder mystery, a crime mystery, mm-hmm. basically anything that has to do with the theme is heavily associated with the overall overarching mystery. I'm pretty sure I'm gonna like it if it's well made like the movie tenant um again i'm not going to try to give away any of the plot but just the mechanics in themselves you're trying to figure out how exactly is this being executed what the heck is going on Mm -hmm. and as it progresses you're like oh things are kind of getting unraveled and it it kind of felt like how i would feel in a video game where there's a certain area of the game that's not unlocked then, but you get further in the game and it's unlocked and it's like, oh, I can do this now. And now I understand why this is there. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what it felt like. And that was probably one of the best movies I've seen in a long time, I would say. So not just this year? <laughs> yeah, not this not just this it year. It was like of the last 10 years? Or I would say I liked years. it better than uh, Inception, which is another Christopher Nolan movie. Hmm. But even though it was more, you had to pay even more attention. But you like his movies in general. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. So. <clears throat> what is your favorite film score? And that's kind of a segue because we just talked about Oof. since you enjoy Hans Zimmer so much. But just Tenet. Like, yeah. Tenet did have a good score in it. Mm-hmm. And it had one song in particular that I did like, but I wouldn't say that that's my favorite score. Um, Give me one from a classic movie and one from a, a more modern classic movie, more recent. Mm. Like how far back are we? Are we saying with classic? Because like, there's not too many old movies that I remember the score from. As much, I want one. One actually, I would say, uh, North by Northwest. Mm. That introduction, introductory film score is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it heavily captures suspense and just musically, it's actually pretty technical. It feels like, mm-hmm. but probably from a newer film, mm-hmm. I would say one of the most memorable ones would be Hans Zimmer score in The Dark Knight specifically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's probably one of my biggest inspirations for writing music in general. Mm-hmm. Um, 
those are probably just two. I can keep on going, but yeah. Those are yeah. two of my favorite scores. Yeah. Well, that so you're talking about North by Northwest, that's Bernard Herrmann. Mm-hmm. And then you got Hans Zimmer and Christopher Nolan movies. And mm-hmm. he does, like, basically all of them, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. All of them. That's pretty good. Um, so, do movies inspire you? And I know they do, so why? <laughs> so, <laughs> that was just a random question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to say I'm not gonna say what else I was thinking. I'll say it afterwards. <laughs> okay. But <laughs> it made me think of this other interview. But uh, <laughs> um, I would say because like narratives are ways of trying to flesh out thoughts and like philosophies. I would mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. So when a movie perfectly portrays like a protagonist going through different instances and different different scenarios where he has to implement his philosophy or even to the point where he has to question his own thoughts and own way own ways of thinking that's when i think movies inspire me the most because it perfectly reflects the struggles of human the human psyche things that we daily have to struggle with like nothing nothing about ourselves are set in stone until after we die i would say because we have to figure out things for ourselves and even when we think we completely have things figured out what we would do in certain situations it takes that one situation that makes you think oh well i'm not going to do that anymore because that just doesn't work anymore i thought i had it figured out but i don't learning from your mistakes basically or just learning from what comes it's not even just mistakes but it's even good intentions are good Not maxims, but just ways of life that you think may be the best way may not always work the same way. So mm. life is very contextual. Mm. But So movies are a way of recording or, like you just said, telling the story about that struggle in particular. Mm-hmm. It's very broad, but mm-hmm. yeah. And it, I think it's funny because even with... Even with stories like with Greek mythology or like mythology in general, mm-hmm. um, these archetypal characters, I think they even easy, um, even more easily, yeah, more mm-hmm. easily portray um, human struggles and psyches, even though it's over dramatic mm-hmm. or dramatized. Um, but these mythologies are just archetypes of what humans actually are, even though like nobody can throw lightning bolts and things like that. But it's like no every. A lot of things can be broken down symbolically and like mm-hmm. what what things or responsibilities that humans have. Like Zeus, for example, he's the archetypal god. He's the king of the gods. But mm-hmm. it's like he can be a political figure wielding like lightning bolts or a certain aspect of something that he possesses. Mm-hmm. And him wielding that power, it's like even though he's the strongest, he makes one of the most mistakes. Because you can, if you, if you just took out all of for lack of better terms, Zeus's sexual life out of Greek mythology, mm-hmm. not a lot of it would be left because a lot of it has to deal with his <laughs> right. endeavors with that. So it's like, even though he's the most powerful, he probably makes mo- the most stupid decisions mm-hmm. throughout all of the mythologies. So it's like, he still reflects the human aspect of life. And even with having all that power, it doesn't neglect you from the possibility of failure, which mm-hmm. essentially that's life. Mm-hmm. So movies can do that. You can be a a mythological creature mm-hmm. or 
um, a fantastic being in a in a movie. Yeah. And it's like, ooh. Yeah, and it makes it makes people relatable because I think even I think with the human aspect, like a, just a typical movie, people don't want to associate with other people because they reflect their mistakes and they don't want to be associated with that. So yeah. When, so they're like, I don't really like that character. What? Because he was like you? <laughs> because you are a jerk also. Yeah. <laughs> right. But it's like when somebody sees somebody in a cape or in a costume, they're like, well, I want to have that power. So they're like easily associated mm. with that person. But when those when those powers get overshadowed by their mistakes, they're mm-hmm. like, yeah, there's that too. But I want to be like that person because they have that power and they have right. the ability to accomplish what they want to do. Or they're always portrayed as, well, not always, depending on what characters you're following. DC or Marvel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like, depending on the character, they're usually shown to be an archetypal hero, always mm-hmm. trying to save the day, but it's not always the case. It's like sometimes people have their own agendas. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. That was kind of a tangent, but yeah, I was as you were saying that. I don't know, I can't remember. But as you were saying that, I was thinking about um, Watchmen. I think that's like yeah. a good example. Ooh, it's yeah. a great example of what you just said. So what did you do to my face? <laughs> exactly. So. Um, was another question I have for you. Who is your favorite film actress? Classic film actress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and why? Why? And then pick a best movie too. So there's, I'll just remind you. But mm, it's kind of hard because I typically don't think about. <laughs> um. Hmm. I would say Lauren Bacall <laughs> off, the, <laughs> off the top. Um, just because like yeah. she's in a lot of movies with uh, Humphrey Bogart and yeah. always... <laughs> she got that deep voice. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> the yeah. husky, yeah. Yeah, Lauren Bacall because she's very memorable and she has a... Not just because she has good chemistry with uh, Humphrey Bogart mm-hmm. who she's typically in movies with. Mm-hmm. But just because she's a very genuine character she portrays a very genuine character in the movies that she's in hmm. um what movie in particular do you like her best best i don't know i mean other to have and to have not the big sleep it's been a while since i seen the big sleep i guess i'm not even really thinking about a particular just in general you know, yeah just in general hmm. yeah who else can you think of? I'm trying to think. Um, which one was was it? Uh, I have her. I have her face in my brain, but I can't think of her name. Um, what movie is she in? Are you thinking of? Uh, bringing up baby. Oh, Catherine Hepburn. Yeah, Catherine Hepburn. Mm-hmm. I was like. I know it's the two sisters, but I'm like, I was like, ah, what's her name? But uh, yeah, Catherine Hepburn and uh, um, Bringing Up Baby, that was a good role. I really mm-hmm. like that one. She's the best, and I, I love it. Yeah, and uh, who else? Barbara Streisand. Mm-hmm. Saw that coming. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the Funny I? Girl. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Maybe not. 
that might have came out of left field, but uh, yeah, um, I like Funny Girl. Mm -hmm. That's a great musical. Yeah. And funny you say that, her and Katharine Hepburn that you just mentioned, Mm -hmm. they tied for the Oscar in the same year. So Barbara Streisand won for Funny Girl, Mm -hmm. and then Katharine Hepburn won for Lion in the Winter. Oh. Tied same year. And I was like, uh, 70 something. I don't remember the year, but yeah. Did not know that. Yeah. That's weird. It means something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, um, what else is there about movies that you like other than film score and the actors? What, what else is compelling to you about a movie? How much I'm able to. I guess, feel the atmosphere of the movie. Hmm. Like, I like it when a movie, it's, like, intense and it's aggressive. Mm -hmm. Like, if there's a good fight scene and you can kind of feel... It doesn't just feel like it's they're just dancing and it's you actually feel like it's choreographed and everything. Mm -hmm. But it actually feels like, oh, this this is really happening. Like, you were there and you saw it break out. Right. Like, oh, shoot. Like, there's one scene in particular with Tenet where... Like, obviously, it doesn't feel as genuine mm-hmm. uh, because the main character is basically just trashing these dudes and he doesn't have a scratch <laughs> on him. Yeah. But after the scene, I'm just like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> mess him up. <laughs> but it's like, I like the I like the fights where it's going back and forth and there's a change in power dynamic and mm-hmm. there's an obvious tell. It's like, I kind of have an idea how this movie's going to end. I don't think he's going to die, but it looks like he's about to die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I like I like having that feeling of just that aggression being kind of unpredictable. Yeah. And uh, just me being able to experience that in a movie. Not even necessarily in a fight scene, but even in those kind of scenes like in Indiana Jones where the boulder comes chasing after him. And right. it's like... I don't know how he's how he's not gonna get smashed by his boulder, but I'm gonna be really interested to see how he does it. <laughs> exactly. But uh, yeah, instances like that where there's a change in dynamic and you're not really sure how it's gonna pan out. Mm-hmm. That kind of time sensitive mystery of like, yeah. will our hero make it out in time? <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> the anxiety over finding out what yeah. happened at the end. Basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But That's legit. The tables have turned now. I'm going to ask you some questions. What's up? What do you think are the components of a good movie? Hmm. Components of a good movie. Um, let's see. Good question. Let me think about that. Definitely characters, solid characters, and then solid actors or actresses to play mm-hmm. them doesn't have to be like your fantasy actor whomever like oh they'd be perfect for this role mm-hmm. it could be someone that you le- the last person you would expect to be the role if they can execute it and be that character and just totally kill it then mm-hmm. it's it makes it even better mm-hmm. and then what were you thinking about <laughs> i was thinking like instead of daniel craig for a 007 movie it's uh What's his name? That's Mr. Bean. (laughs) (laughs) This series ruined. (laughs) But what if he pulled it off? What if he did? (laughs) I'm crying. (laughs) (laughs) Like, 
I'm just imagining a scene where he's like he's trying to meet with the person, like, but it's super uh, like secret. But he's like being too obvious, and he's sitting around the corner, and he's just like he sees the person, and he's like. Well, I think they did that in the Johnny English movie. Okay, yeah. That? <laughs> I, I guess that's why I thought about that because I know he's done that series, and yeah. I'm like, he's trying to be 007, but it's that not. man is a comedian. Oh my for lord! Real. You need to watch. Okay, there's one. There's one with the actor who plays House. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Hugh Laurie. Yeah, Hugh Laurie. They're uh, they're like doing a scene in like the medieval times, and um, uh, Mr. Bean's. The act- I keep on forgetting his, yeah. his name. But his actor or his character is basically like in a prison. Mm-hmm. And Hugh Laurie is basically trying to insult him. But Mr. Bean come- comes back at him. And like it's the best like back and forth like really? dialogue. <laughs> you can have to it. It's great. It's fantastic. <laughs> it made me crack up laughing. <laughs> but uh, okay. Back on topic. Um, what would you say is your favorite classic movie? Ooh. Um, I have tons of favorites, so let's see. One in particular. Um, recently, which I'm getting ready to watch, um, I'm like savoring it because I love, I, I really love that movie. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to look over to my shelf over there and see <laughs> if I can <laughs> which one is it. I really like... Okay, lately I've been really enjoying the the Treasure of the Sierra Madre. Ooh. I really like that movie. And you know what? It's one that I did not like at all growing up. I was not into it. Hmm. Oh, up until recently, I watched it again. And I guess I hadn't paid attention before. I didn't really understand what was going on in the movie. And then I finished the movie and I'm like, this movie's amazing. Mm-hmm. So that is one which in future I'll do a podcast on. But I love that movie. Hmm. And it's got Bogey in it. Bogey. Yeah, yeah. You went a little bit crazy. <laughs> Just a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. I'm going to change this question a little bit. How do movies inspire you? Because obviously they do because you're making a full podcast on it. So how do movies inspire you? Uh, inspire me in a lot of ways. Um, let me think of the ways. <laughs> um, isn't that Shakespeare? Let me count the ways. Um, well, I let, shut up. <laughs> what? what I'll, t- I'll tell you what. <laughs> um, okay. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to be serious and you're ruining it. Okay. Um, they inspire me because I consider myself an artist, mm-hmm. air quotes. So I like, I enjoy the, um, I don't know, I enjoy everything. The cinematography, the imagery, Mm -hmm. because I'm a visual person, I like to see things that are beautifully done. So if the lights and shadows are done well, if the the color in the film, if it's like Technicolor Mm -hmm. or Cinescope or whatever it's called, um, there's all kinds of things that just inspire me visually. Mm-hmm. One movie that re- I really love is Dr. Zhivago, and that is like a very sad movie, but that is an excellent 
excellent cinematography on that movie. Mm-hmm. And I just watch it and I moved because of the pictures and mm-hmm. the, the story itself. But I love the the scenes and how it makes me feel. Mm-hmm. And then fashion in the movies. I love to see well-made suits because everyone wore a suit back in the mm-hmm. day. I love watching um, the any movie that has like a mini fashion show or like a like a a dinner or a ball where there's beautiful gowns and all that stuff. That's what I like, and those just two things. Side note: What would you say is one of your favorite movies that has a scene like that where there's a like a mini show off of the fashion style of the day and within the movie? Um, the first one that came to mind is Funny Face. You know that movie with. Um, I mean, I know I've heard the title, but it's Audrey Hepburn and um, Fred Astaire, and mm. he's like a fashion photographer, mm. and she becomes like a overnight uh, model sensation, and he takes her pictures, and it's a love story between them two, and he does a few dance scenes in it. It's really pretty. I mean, it's not like it's not a movie that I would say, oh, it's a great film, but I enjoy watching it. And there is, because it's about fashion, there are a lot of fashion moments. And then Audrey mm-hmm. Hepburn being a fashion icon. Mm-hmm. How many more times can I say fashion? And that, Le but fashion. Le Fashion. Um, definitely, that's one of them. Mm-hmm. Probably not my favorite, but that's the first one that came to mind. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of Phantom of the Opera. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> Who would have the goal to send this? <laughs> That is actually a good one. Yeah. That's like costume design. Yeah. But I don't want to get too deep into that. But yeah. Yeah. Definitely. It well, it is costume. All of it's costume. It is. It but is. Because yeah. like when you, even within movies that try to be period accurate, there is an aspect of putting a modern flair on old suits. Yes. Because sometimes they don't, you're like, I don't want to make that suit again. <laughs> right. Exactly. So they kind of adjust it for the modern eye, mm-hmm. um, which is in its in its way of. Maybe not necessarily revisionist history, but but a lot of people remember history through movies. Exactly. So so it's like, actually, the way that they did that in the movie, that was just artistic license. Yep. And you'd be surprised, well, not you specifically, but people would be surprised by how much Mm. artistic license is taken in movies when it comes to costumes and aesthetically. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's also those people that say, well, I want to keep it historically accurate, so... When history buffs or nerds watch this, they're like, they actually got that right that time. <laughs> exactly. Because there's so many, there's so much of a variety within the audience of a movie when you release it. And mm-hmm. some people or some producers may not be fully cognizant of that or some are really cognizant of mm-hmm. it. Which, or they don't care. Yeah, or they don't care. Which mm-hmm. can even be more intriguing mm-hmm. of an aspect to a movie. Like, not to go over this movie because I do not recommend anybody watch this movie. Uh-uh. But the movie, <laughs> the movie The Witch. Oh, no. the same, uh, which says, that doesn't have to do with costume design or anything anymore, but that's kind of a tangent. The lighting in that movie, it was mm-hmm. all natural light. Oh. So I think they waited for, for the perfect time of the day to shoot the film. Oh. But it had a very raw feeling to the movie, which yeah. kind of added to the just... Disgusting. A sheen of just... Filth. How do I want to put it? Not filth. Trash. <laughs> yeah. 
a scene of, of just suspense, just because of, yeah. there wasn't the, uh, any like enhanced lighting, so everything just felt dark altogether. Mm-hmm. On top of the dark undertones of you know being, or overtones, or overtones. <laughs> uh, it depends on the time of the day. But, <laughs> um, yeah. On top, of, yeah. Mm-hmm. The actual theme of the movie. Ooh. Um, I don't want to talk Gross. about that. Yeah. <laughs> Stop, Trey. So, uh, man, uh, don't want to talk about that. So, got any other questions for me? What would you say is a favorite film score of yours? Ooh, I really enjoy. I was gonna say Busby Buck Berkeley. <laughs> no, 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 no. What? I that just literally popped in my mind, and I'm I'm I'd be lying. Um, Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> great film score, but close. <laughs> close. But not quite. Um, I'd say I'm going to pick an old movie, of course. And I really, really like Vertigo. Episode oh, one. Course. But in episode one, Life of Carlotta, if you haven't listened to that one, listen to it. But um, I really enjoy that one. Um, it's probably my, could be my all-time favorite. Then there's... Um, um, the Red Shoes is one. It's very, very beautiful. So um, that. that there is a movie called Devotion, which is about the Bronte sisters and um, their life and their brother. It's just a bio movie on the three sisters hmm. and their brother. Um, I just said that. But it's really, really good. And the music in it is... Anything that's using a classical score... I also have Humoresque over there, which is Joan Crawford and John Garfield, and um, that movie's amazing, and he plays a struggling violinist, and she's a socialite, but that movie has a lot of classical um, music in it. It's Mm -hmm. amazing. Oh, and The Man Who Knew Too Much, the big operatic scene, you know, in that moment. I still haven't seen that in a while. Yeah. Yeah. I have it if you need to borrow it. It's excellent. I have the old version and the 50s version. Peter Lorre. (laughs) Alright, so tell me about your music. So I started playing guitar around, I think around like 2011 or so. Mm-hmm. I was in middle school. One of my aunts gave me her a very old guitar that she used to play mm-hmm. and uh, started playing and learning songs. And at some point I just decided to start making my own music mm-hmm. and recording it mm-hmm. and try to make somewhat of a career out of it. Mm-hmm. So um, that's how it started. Um, and right now I'm just focusing on trying to explore different things I can, different kind of stories I can just tell with the guitar, mm-hmm. um, and just making relationships with music mm-hmm. and it's been fun so far and I, I really don't think, do. I don't think I'm going to stop. So, yeah. and, uh, have four releases right now, mm-hmm. three singles and one EP. So, but I've got a whole lot more content that i'm aiming to put out soon oh yeah so 
Mm. Pretty excited about it all. Legit. Okay. So where can they find if people are interested in your music? Because you do the outro music for my podcast. Mm -hmm. So, and more content to come. So where can they find your EPs and other work? They can find it basically anywhere where music is streamed. Uh, It's on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. It's also on YouTube, too. So you don't necessarily have to pay for it. But if you want to help a guy out, you <laughs> can out. you can buy uh, the singles in my new CP Tenseless on iTunes, um, on Google Play and Amazon. Um, yeah, just any place where you can buy music, you can mm-hmm. probably find it. Mm-hmm. So, my favorite on there is probably Free Man. That's that that joint I like. I think that's like the most played song that I have. Is it? Yeah. Legit. On the statistics, yeah, it's Dope. the most played one. Yeah. So. I know why, because it's a good one. In general, <laughs> it's all good, but that's the one I like. Dang it. All right. So, thank you for joining me. Thank this you This has been interesting. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to do the outro. <laughs> thank you for listening. That is all for today's episode and interview with my brother, but I will have him back because my brother is a pretty good conversationist. So yeah, every time I talk with him, I either laugh too much or I learn something interesting about him or a different topic that he's really into. So this was a lot of fun for me and I hope you enjoyed it as well. So go ahead and support him on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. And um, also for this podcast, leave a comment, subscribe to the podcast, and let me know what you think. Give me some feedback. Thank you again for listening, and I will catch you next time right here on Devotions.